Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's right, we're back. It's another episode, Conduits of Trouble, Zolgad and Scoggins. How are you, Chip Scoggins? I'm doing great. I have a list of topics written down here. Mm-hmm. I've got um, Twins game from, from Thursday night, because we're recording this on Friday. I've got Packers-Bears, a great historical matchup. <laughs> I've got Vikings preview, because they open on Sunday against the Falcons. I've got Gopher recap. And look ahead. Go for football from last Thursday. Just a great game against South Dakota State. Never a doubt about that game. <laughs> and then I'm not going to tell you what the last <laughs> thing I've got because we'll bring that up at the end. That does yeah. not need to start the show. Oh boy. Where would you, where would you, Chip Scoggins, like to start this uh, Conduits of Trouble episode? Let's start with Eddie Rosario's throw. Oh, I loved it. That was... Go ahead. That, floor is yours. So what, what's more exciting, Judd? A walk-off home run... Or that walk-off defensive play? Not close. To it's, me. Because you don't see it that often. Well, yeah, and it's, uh, yeah. I mean, a walk-off home run you see all the time now. Home runs are fine, but that, yeah. Yeah, that was that was the defensive walk-off that, um, I don't know you could play any, any more perfect than what Rosario did. And, and you know, he's, he's had his moments out there this year where it just kind of get loose with the fundamentals, I guess. But, man. When he's locked in and, and shows you that laser he has as an arm, that was that was just a beauty. Have you ever seen a guy both uh, at the plate and in the field more all over the board? No. At times he looks like he doesn't belong anywhere near a big league field. Uh, he's, <laughs> played, he's played balls in left field where it looks like he has never played the outfield before. Uh, and then he plays that ball last night off the monster. And what impressed me so much of when, when he played the J.D. Martinez hit off the monster was, you know, that's the type of thing I think that if you do it, it's like, oh, of course you did that. That's easy. Yeah, that wall has a lot of different caroms, and you got to be positioned right. I think the way he played it was more impressive than the throw because the throw in Fenway from where he made that um, toss in left field or throw because it was an absolute p was basically sort of deep shortstop. Yeah, and he's got an arm, uh, but I thought the way he played that ball to me was number one. The other, but the other funny thing is, I thought, my God. That's a one-hot perfect throw. Mm-hmm. But with this guy, if that ball had sailed behind the first base dugout, you wouldn't have been surprised. No, no, because he can, you know, un- unleash one of those two. Yeah, and, and the thing him. that's the thing that's impressive is it's not like he plays. It's not like this was a home game and he's gotten to know all how the the Green Monster plays and the caroms off that. I mean, he's been there three games. I mean, maybe more before this year, but or whatever. But I mean, how many times is he? had to play a ball off that wall and I mean, he just did it perfectly and read it perfectly. And the throw was, you know, when it, when it, when he hit that ball, I'm like, great extra innings. Here they go. Tight, you know? Right. And so, I mean, 
just a just an awesome way to end a game. And I'm sure I was reading uh, Phil Miller's game story. Sound like the clubhouse was pretty on fire afterward after that too. I mean, Can you talk about up? send a jolt through the clubhouse. You know, I mean that's even more than a walk off something like that because it's just so unusual. Yes. Um. So man, what a road trip and. You know, for all the angst and maybe our first three or four podcasts here, we had a lot of doom and gloom yeah. to it. Yep. It doesn't feel that way as much now, right? I mean, you still have concerns about the starting pitching, but they're bullpen, man. I mean. Yeah, although Taylor Rogers giving up the the first game and third game, which, by the way, were great games. Yeah. Another great series. Uh, but, yeah, I like how it's stacked. And now, is the biceps tendonitis with Sam Dyson a long-term problem because it's reoccurring? I don't but we know. But weren't, we weren't playing on Duffy. But I'll tell yeah, and I'll tell you right now, too. The one thing, and I don't, this this is a, as a baseball fan, that I absolutely savor is how many great games have we seen from, sure. from that this team has been involved in? They haven't won them all, but this summer, mm-hmm. as a baseball fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, I go back to the Houston series, some really good games. Yankees. The Brewers, that two-game little series at Target Field. The Yankees, the A series was yep. magnificent. Yeah. And then two of the three games in Boston are just a delight. And how great is it to see, what, a two-to-one game? I know. In 2019 yeah. at Fenway Park? Well, there's been a number of times where I either tweeted or thought, is like, yeah, that's that's a game you'll remember at the end of the year, right? Yes. And there's been about, I feel like there's been about ten of those right now. Where you, you sit there and think, that's maybe one, more. That's one you'll look back at, and like, like that was a pivotal game, right? Yes. Um, and that felt like one last night. And so, um, as fun as this has been, imagine here the last however many games and what October is going to feel like. It's going to be just bonkers. Yeah, I just can't wait to get through this last uh, to see him get through this last stretch yeah. against the Detroit's and KC's and Chicago's. But yeah, I mean, October is going to be so much. Now, I hope we get these games. Yeah. I, not, not clunkers. I, sure. I hope we don't get clunkers, sure. and I don't. I don't think we will. Well, the thing about this team: how many times have you said they just find a way? And it's pr- probably because the lineup is so good and deep. Yep. Where in the past, once you got to a certain spot in the lineup, you're like, okay, until it turns over, you got no shot. These are automatic outs. There are no automatic outs in this lineup, but Chip, none. It's two to one last night. They're, they struggle uh, certainly with runners in scoring position, and Martin Perez, who is Horse poo poo yeah. <laughs> in Detroit on Saturday. I know. Pitch gives you a really, really good game. It's just been the, the one. The one thing, no matter what happens to this club, the one thing I'm going to take away from this summer is how many just fantastic, fun mm-hmm. moments. Yeah, and that was a moment last night. And you're right. I mean, it was if Rosario when Rosario hit the home run, I think to walk it off in Game One of the Oakland series. That was really fun. Yep, at Target Field, and that was really cool to watch. And it was, but that. Ending last night and the reaction of the guys on the field, yep. I'm with you. Yeah, that was – that might have been – in a series of biggest wins, that felt like maybe the biggest win of the season. And there's been – I've probably said well, that I think it goes six that, times. That was the latest biggest win, Latest right? biggest win, yeah. And there'll be one this weekend probably that will say yeah. that's the biggest win that, you know, happens. This, this series is going to be fun But I would weekend. like to track – to go back now. Should go back and find and the ones. Track the games that were like, yes, remember that one. Yeah. Yes, remember that one. Well, I felt like the one that jumps out in my mind, and now they went on to lose the, the next two games, but that first one against the Yankees where you have a triple play, was it how many home runs did they hit? They had five. I don't even remember, but they, yeah. Four or five I think home Martin runs. Perez had what, the bases loaded or two? Yeah, a couple times. First yeah. and second yeah. in the first That inning. felt like one. Um, so, yeah, there's, I mean, you could go through them, but. Yeah, I mean they're they've 
I've described it this way, like with with Cleveland, it felt like um, when a team in basketball, NBA team, makes a run on you in the second half. Like you have a big lead, and then they make a run and chip it close, and then all of a sudden, you, you gather yourself, and they've, you know, they kind of shot all their bullets. And they're out of steam. Yep. And that's that's what this sort of feels like to me, doesn't it? You? Yes. Now maybe that'll change this weekend if they get swept, but I don't think well, they will. Cleveland but. right now, I think you know they they've got what. Um, Tyler Naquin tore up his knee as ACL last Friday in Tampa. He's a nice player, so he's out. Kluber had the setback. Now, the interesting thing is, if Cleveland does get into the playoffs as a wild card, their pitching still makes them a, a big-time sure. threat. Yeah. Um, but here's my thing with the Twins, too. And so, like, I think there's some people who are like, you're either all in on this or you're not. And, and that's not fair to me because, I listen, I appreciate this as much as anybody we've we've mm-hmm. seen a lot of bad baseball here and these are these are fun games but i think i think there's also a discussion to be had about hey you took two or three in boston yeah that's awesome that's great but the brios thing still is a concern and that's what i was going to ask you what's your level of concern there because that was the, they acted like you know and it's rock or being rock but they act like you know the sky wasn't falling well Got to have a little more than the sky's falling. I mean, he's. I didn't like the comments from there because I don't think they're remotely truthful. Yeah. Uh, but my feeling, my feeling, I guess to put it as succinctly as possible, is this: if the playoffs started tomorrow, I think I would start personally. This is not the Twins. Yeah. Personally, I think I would start Pineda because of, of how he's pitched. Mm-hmm. And until that conversation can change, and I can say, no, you know what, Perios should start. Yeah. I would not be comfortable. No, I don't right like now. saying what I just said to you. No, but I also don't feel that in, I don't think I could go to my my lineup right now and, and my players and be like trust Jose. I know, and all the changeups and Perk on on his uh, show that that he did he does with us on Thursday. Glenn Perkins broke it down marvelously about how basically Brios's mechanics have changed and his body torque has changed, and he thinks it's because he's tired and all this stuff, it, which you've talked about. Yeah, that's why I was wondering because I mean, and it's good that Perk said that because. They're not going to tell you internally. No. Obviously, they're going. But Perk picked it up on film, so he's doing he thinks it's fatigue. Yeah, and he's and I think what Perk explained was his torque when he goes back to try and and throw the ball now is is more so because he's trying to get more and and he can't. But I wonder if I wonder if the way he trains has, has led oh, to this. I think it that he's, he's he wears himself out because he trains so hard. My biggest concerns now for 2020 are no longer Sano and Buxton. It's Buxton Barrios. As far as getting this right, yeah, you got to get Buxton healthy consistently. Don't know if you can, but Barrios, you could definitely alter. I don't want him pushing cars, sure, all winter. I don't need him to do. Yeah, that. you wonder because this is not just a one-time thing, right? That he's run out of gas before, and, it, and it, I don't believe that you just become a crappy pitcher. No, no, because you don't. You're not dominant and have that kind of stuff, then all of a sudden just fall off a cliff. And at the same time, every year if something's not triggering it, um, and it, I mean his velocity's down a couple miles on. Fastball and right, so it, that leads you to believe that he's tired, and so you wonder. And you've got to have him at some point. Are they going to if they if they take care of business this weekend and stretch the lead? Yep. Do you think they skip him at that point? Well, they pushed him back in the Boston yeah, series. They get, I mean, by, I'm talking about day, skipping him for a week and letting them. They go. might. I don't know, but this. But as far as the playoffs go, I don't like this conversation. No. Well, no, because you need. Because him I to, don't see a scenario where you and. I might be wrong here, but I don't see a scenario where you could be like, oh, you know what happened though? Martin Perez pitched a great. Yeah, he did last night. But yeah. can you count on that when you're playing in the playoffs. And I don't think, I, I just I don't think internally they put Pineda in front of him. Or I think you're probably right. I'm, but until I feel oh like sure, I uh, back yeah, there, yeah, I'm saying what Judd Zolgad once 
is very important. Yeah. <laughs> Judd Zolgad is comfortable with the pre-order well, start, and I'm just not. Well, you know this. I mean, if he doesn't do a dramatic turnaround now, they're going to be crossing their fingers. It's, they're not going to put him out there with a ton of confidence. They're going to be like, oh, boy, I hope this, right. I hope this works. Exactly. All right, we've got so much to get to. Yeah, let's go. We've got so much to get to. Okay, what do you want next? Packers, Bears, Vikings preview. Let's let's save the debacle for last night till tonight. Let's do uh, Vikings preview. And okay. I have no. After watching, oh, we'll mix it in. After watching last night's debacle, yeah, good time. first game, first game, you just it's it's always a crapshoot. You have no idea because these teams don't play in preseason, and it's kind of that way in college football. We saw it in college football last week. Which we'll get to, I'm sure. Um, Unfortunately, for yeah, you, we will. <laughs> a lot, but a lot of teams around college football, if you watch it, they just did not play the way they thought they would, or what you expected them to. And so, I don't know if I, I think there really is something to football. <clears throat> football practice and training camps now are not anywhere close in terms of hitting, scrimmaging, live periods. Nothing is chipped. So you don't. There's just a big difference <clears throat> when you have game tempo and game speed versus. You know what what you're doing in training camp? It's just it's not even the same thing, and so I think it does take time uh, players to kind of get their sea legs, if that makes sense. I think that you and we we've talked about this for I think three years now or so. So this conversation is not new, but I really honestly believe that we have to accept as fans September is the new preseason. I don't think yeah. what we see is real a lot of times. Now, if you're the Dolphins and you're just crappy, then that's real. Sure. But but I don't think that you can watch Week One and say. Oh my gosh, my team is screwed, or oh my gosh, my team is good. It's, and it, it's a lot of. It's funny too because every every Thursday night opener now, you get a bunch of tweets about how bad this is, how bad the product. And I tweeted last night: Get ready for a month of this. Yeah, prepare yourself for a month. It's hard because you get to the opener, you're like, "Thank God the preseason's over. No yes. more of that nonsense." You know, just terrible football, and it's like. Well, these guys have to get adjusted to this. It's not they're not going to snap their fingers as soon as it, you can't just say, "Okay, it's real now," and everything's going to click automatically. It doesn't it's not going to work that way and I I'm but I would not in saying that I would not play starters and important players in preseason. I have no answer for you to what you just yeah. said. I I know what I can tell you, yeah. but I can't fix it. Because even and, and if, I agree with you. I'm not getting guys. There is no way I'm getting guys hurt in the preseason. And let's say you did, even if you played them in the preseason more, do you think that would really amount to what that you would, okay, once you started the season, they'd be humming like a well oiled no. machine? I don't think so at well, all. And, and Maybe better, but not. The other thing to keep in mind about this conversation is this. Beyond the tackling and beyond full-speed football, yeah. offenses and defenses now are so intricate. And keep in mind, what are, what are we always told about preseason games? Teams go vanilla as possible. Sure. They want to put, quote, nothing on film. Yeah. So there's two things to, to it. One is, the, one is the human activity side of things, yeah, yeah. which is not up to speed until you get to week one, at which point they start to play f- football as we know it. The other side is there's probably a lot of things unleashed that were only done in practices. Yeah. And that's back to your point is, in Egan, you you can run the play all you want, yeah. but it's not the same as okay. Now I'm running it against um, the Falcons on Sunday. Well, and <clears throat> you know, in practice they're rushing the passer, but they're not trying to hit him. And so now, all of a sudden, you have Daniel Hunter trying to hit you or Khalil Mack chasing you down. It's a lot different than when you're wearing a red shirt and no one's going to touch you. And so, um, so I guess that's a long way of saying. 
buckle up for Sunday because the Vikings offense. It's true. It's absolutely true. But but we draw concrete conclusions off one game always, you know, because well, it's, oh, it's only sixteen games. Sure, that's the one problem is in, in a pretty you don't have one hundred sixty two. Yeah, <laughs> in a pretty shortened schedule, you're also it's also hard to say. Well, I'm going to dismiss it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but it does matter. But you do have to slightly dismiss it because are the Vikings that we see on Sunday going to be the Vikings that we see in November? Offensively, one would hope not. Probably mm-hmm. not. I don't know. So you think. Defense, we know pretty much what to expect from the Vikings. There's nothing. Zim may have a couple new <clears throat> blitz, wrinkles, whatever. But do you think when you watch that offense, you're going to think, man, this looks a lot different than we saw last year? I think in the run game it will. Yeah, I zone, think the zone blocking stuff, scheme. I, yeah. I don't know that Kirk and the passing game will, will look as different as people hope that it will or or as they think it should maybe. Yeah. But I do think that the Dalvin, if Dalvin Cook is healthy and that offensive line, because the zone scheme is totally different. Yeah. So, yes, I think the run game is going to look very different than what we saw last year, which was sort of a weird, we're going to pound it when we do run it. Yeah. It, it didn't really make sense. Yeah, that I agree. And it'll be interesting to see how much they lean on it because we've heard so much about the run game. That is it going to be 50, 50? Is it going to be 60, 40? Is it going to be, I guess the game will decide, determine that probably if Dalvin gets on a roll, you're going to ride him. But, um, I'd be willing to bet a Coke that the first plays a run. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be Dalvin. <laughs> Although watch him come out and just throw a bomb. That's what they should do. Everybody. They won't No, They no, should Zim, though. Cause everybody's talking about know, run. But Zim, Zim's not that Zim's going to want a, a run. They should come out and just like four wides vertical, just you know throw a bomb. About? And I am curious about how the offense, and I'm not trying to imply here that there's going to be problems, but I'm very curious about how this offensive system is going to work as far as coordination of the actual, because um, Gary Kubiak's up in the box, and, yeah. he's, and he's definitely going to be influential, and he should be. Yeah. Stefanski's calling plays from the sideline. It's just interesting. It's a dyna- It's a dynamic that I would love to know more about, and it's the type of thing they're not going to tell you. Was it the Q and A that that Zimmer did with Mark, where he said on the headset, yes. sometimes he'll listen and say, and he'll hear Kubiak say, "No, I don't like that play," and then they'll change it. Yes. It, so it'll be interesting. To, I mean, you got to do this. I, that's what you, you know. In that's real, what I'm thinking. In quick time, but uh, in Cousins, I thought this was a good question here today. Uh, in Cousins' weekly press conference. Uh, someone asked him, like, who do you talk to during games? Are you talking to uh, Stefanski? Are you talking to Kubiak? Are you, and he said, mostly it's Clint uh, Kubiak. His quarterback. His quarterback's coach. coach. That's who he has most of the dialogue with because, you know, Stefanski and I assume uh, Gary Kubiak are. But how much time do you have? I don't if know. you're Stefanski, do you call? Are you calling? So you're on the headset. So are you saying I want to run this play, and then Gary's like, no, 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 because you got a play clock, and it's got to get to Cousins before what it shuts off fifteen seconds. 15, left? I think yeah. So you got to get the play to him, or is Gary suggesting things first, and then Kevin deciding? It's just yeah, it's a process. I'd love to know more about. Yeah. but it's the type of thing teams don't tell you. And I mean, does Rick Denson chime in? I assume he's, he's the, I assume he's in between series. His more stuff like hey, these runs yes. work and that type thing, yes. not not actual play calling. Well, I guess but, he doesn't chime in. But it sounds like. But he's coordinating. So who's so Stefanski's calling him in the cousins. Yeah. So is Kubiak on there too at the same time? That's my. Is there only one voice in there? Well, oh yeah, no Stefanski. I think Stefanski. So only one voice can go to the helmet. Yes, and only one should. We we don't want to confuse. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. So when he calls a play, yeah, is Kubiak saying yeah, yeah, let's run that or no? At at that point, that's my question. Like I'd love to find this out. Or is is Kevin saying I want to run? 
two dragons steep right three <laughs> Scoggins, and then Gary saying, "Oh no, no, let's." Yeah. Or is that this is an entire process that would be really interesting to find out yeah. how it works because it, it's not it's not that most teams don't have multiple people helping out with yeah this is not but this is basically i think it's fair to say at the very best it's two co-offensive coordinators because it's gary's offense yeah and this is not kevin's offense and the way zim said that it sounds like he can he can overrule on a play because he said oh i don't don't like that play and or i like that play or whatever or or he'll suggest something and stefanski said no i'm going to do this so it sounds like they're they're collaborating on it but you know like you said there's a clock here and it'll be interesting to see if there's Early on, at least, if there's any like delay of games, that's what I'm not wondering. arguing about each other, but just hey, hey, let's do this instead of this, and it's like they just don't get it in fast enough. And Zim's gonna have no patience for that. Yeah, so Zim's gonna be like, <laughs> make up your mind, we gotta go. <laughs> so, what's your guess here? And I'll, I'll start by saying that, and I, I said this before the Packers Bears game, and more so than ever, it's true now. I don't remember a year going into the N- NFC North where I have been. So on the fence. Yeah. I, I can't. I think the Vikings are going to win 10 games. That I think. But as far as Packers, Vikings, and Bears chip, I don't know. Yeah, I picked the, I picked the Vikings to go 10 and 6 in our official thing that's coming out Sunday. I picked them to go 10 and 6 and make the playoffs, the Vikings. Um, I thought I thought the, the Bears would take a step back because, one, I'm just not a big Mitch Trubisky fan. I've said that. Many times, even before last night. Uh-huh. But two, they scored so many defensive touchdowns last year that you just can't count on that. Now, they obviously they're going to have one of the either the best defense or one of the top three defense. Right. I mean, that defense is really good, and so that alone is going to keep them in a lot of games, maybe even win games for them. But as we saw last night, Trubisky can't win a game for him when it's you know a low scoring game. Um, you buying the Packers defense because that changes things all of a sudden. I think it's going to be improved i don't know how much and and playing trubisky in week one doesn't give me a great read yeah but i do think that green bay took steps to for the first time in, in a long time which by the way was why aaron Rodgers was so excited you see his face after that yeah and, but that had nothing to do with their offensive 10 point performance yeah and he's right uh but i'm not willing to write off the packers i'm also not saying i i don't think the bears are going to be as good but i also don't think that they can be written no, off not with that defense and i do and i do think the Vikings should be good. So that's where I'm – I've got three teams that I can't decide which one's the best. No, and I I don't see – because of that, I don't see one team winning 11 or 12 games in division. I just don't. I think you have – I think it's a strong division. Like, you have three good teams. I would say three good teams. Mm-hmm. Because Agreed I completely. think the Bears are a good team, but that defense – I mean, that defense is really good. Yeah. So I think you have three good teams. So I, I think I think you're going to have 9-7, and 10-6. and six. I think that's where they're all going to be. I think they're going to kind of beat up on each other. Although, you know, Packers going to win on the road at, at Chicago now all of a sudden. And what do they say? They have five of their next six at home. They have five, yes, five or six at home. So I, I didn't look to see who they were, but they could get on a, a little bit of a roll. But I, 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 I'll still stick with the Vikings winning the division at ten and six. Falcons Vikings Sunday. Who we got? Uh, Vikings. Um, it's a tough. You know, it's a tough opponent. I mean, obviously that Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and. That offense is good. I think their defense is probably pretty good. Um, so I don't think it's you know I don't think it'll be an easy game. I don't think it'll be a lopsided or anything. I think it'll be a, maybe a field goal game, but I think they win. I just think I'm with you. I, I, I think, I think they win. the defense is 
good. I think it's a home game. It's a home if that's game. That's Atlanta. I probably go Falcons by a couple. Maybe, yeah. But here, the crowd is into it, which definitely helps because this For place sure. gets very loud. Yeah. Uh, and you see offenses. I like Matt Ryan, but offenses get rattled right. by that noise. And maybe not rattled, but just get disrupted. Yep. And if your offense is still trying to figure himself out and timing and all that, that's well. And offensively, you know, I do like the Vikings' chances much more as long yep. as Dalvin Cook is healthy. Me too. There, there'll be a better offense. That run sure. against the Cardinals was legit. Yeah, I, I know it was preseason game three, but that run, he he found a. It wasn't even a hole in my mind. It was a crease. Yeah. And he's a bigger guy. He's not a small man. And the way that he went through that crease is the type of thing that makes you special. That's why I think, and I talked to him about this before, is like, I think this zone scheme fits him perfect because it allows him to have patience. And even when he was drafted, what did Zim say the first thing was his vision? Like his vision is, and it's hard to quantify that, but other than. But you know when you see it. Yeah. But when he's stringing it out and they're going this way and he can put his foot in his ground, he sees his lane. He's got that burst, so if he stays healthy, I think this scheme will be really good for him. It's just got to stay healthy. What's your faith in the offensive line going into week one? Better than last year, but still not great. Yeah. I mean, I think they upgraded, but not significantly. You know, I mean, and you've already had some injuries. We'll see what Brian O'Neill, I mean, he's back practicing, but. They really how, retooled more than up. I, like, I, I, I think they're better. The Bradbury pick I like. I, I guess the one thing I keep coming back to is. When you bring in a guy like Josh Klein to play right guard and give him no competition, yeah. that's that concerns me. But I do, but I do think, and, and we saw this a little bit more in 2017, the 13 and three year. Is I think if you have the right scheme for your offensive line, yeah. you can mask some of the problems. And I think they'll they'll be able to do that with this because I, I think they're more athletic with Bradbury, um, O'Neill, obviously. Yeah. And so I think they're more athletic. So I, I think it fits the scheme better, but. Riley Reef. There's some pretty good me. defensive lines in this, you know. Yeah. That are, I mean, you look at some of the pass rushers they have to face, and um, so I think their I think their line's better, but I don't think it's like a top ten line by any stretch or anything like that. I think they'll be average. Is that if they're average, that would actually be good. Yeah, I think they're an average, maybe fifteen to twenty. And if Bradbury develops in the middle there, and Elfline can kick out to yeah. left guard and be successful. Reef at left tackle because of wear and tear concerns me a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, he's been around a long time, and he's not coming off a very good year. And I think he was okay at one time, but yeah. you know, when your body starts to go at, at sure. in that sport, your body goes. But I mean, they're skill guys. I mean, they're obviously yeah. their wide receivers, tight ends are good. Dalvin, you know, when he's healthy, he's as dynamic playmaker. Yeah, they so got Josh Doxson now, Chip. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they get anything there? Or? You know what? I I, am, I I don't know. It's I don't know, and and. The only thing I've said in recent years, you know, oh, they got Michael Floyd. This is going to be a boon. <laughs> Does nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Last year, George Iloka knows Zimmer's system at safety. This is going to be incredible. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely nothing. I so I am I am not willing to say that Doxon is anything more than a depth, depth pickup yeah. until I see more. Yeah. Um, Laquan Treadwell. So I looked it up, Chipper. When Treadwell, when news broke on, was it Saturday mm-hmm. morning, that Treadwell was going to be cut. My immediate first thought was, okay, Vikings bust since 2000 first-round picks. And I thought of Troy Williamson, sure. Ponder, Erasmus James, mm-hmm. and I thought of uh, our guy Laquan Treadwell. And my immediate thought was w- Williamson, because he was picked at seven, biggest bust, especially at that position. Yeah. It's apples to apples. It's three years apiece. 
Laquan Treadwell, easily a bigger bust. Yeah, and he's he was drafted lower. Actually, gave you some stats. Yeah, he. I mean, I think Ben Gessling had that. He is the was he the the first first round wide receiver they've had that didn't make it to year four and didn't have a thousand yards total. Okay. Well, actually, but Troy didn't. Troy, Troy in his career, though, right? Troy went. Oh yeah, no, no. In his oh, career, oh, in both his, stats okay, uh, combined. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because Troy played two thousand five, six, seven. And then I think was not back for eight. But anyway, yep. yeah, yeah. Laquan Treadwell is it, an absolute mammoth bust. Now, now you, you also got Diggs and Thielen. One's undrafted and yeah. one's a fifth-round pick. So it masks that a little sure. bit. But boy. It's, it is amazing, isn't it, that I'm still just flabbergasted that you have, like, smart NFL guys, right, who know a lot more about football than we'll ever know. And – that you could not, and this is not just the Vikings, I'm just talking about the NFL in general, that you could not, Adam Thielen could go undrafted, but then a Latron, Laquan Treadwell can go in the first round. Or Dick, like, how do you miss or that? Diggs slips or Diggs slips to the fifth, fifth round. The, Thielen I sort of get because college-wise he was so you're off not, the You're radar. not going to watch Mankato, yeah, I but get Diggs, it. But Diggs was hurt, what broke his leg at Maryland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the Diggs one to me is, is the one where you say, but can't you, Laquan Treadwell had a, his leg blew up. Yeah. So this is not a guy who was completely healthy, and he's picked what twenty third in the yeah. in that draft. So and, and Diggs also. I can't answer your question. And Diggs, I think whether this matters or not, but I think he was like a, you know, he's a five star recruit coming out of high school. Was like one of the top high school. So it's you know you knew there was pedigree there. It's not like he had just came out of nowhere. I mean, he was one of the best high school players in the country, and then his was just the injury thing. But yeah, I mean. I haven't even checked and looked at Treadwell catch on anywhere. Uh, he was working out in Buffalo this week, and I don't think he caught on there. So I, he, his career might be done. No, no, oh no, he's got a future XFL baby. <laughs> yeah, he's well, going the XFL. Do you think another NFL team gives no. him? A shot? I, I just well, I mean, maybe someone gets desperate at the end when the injuries start piling up, and he can play special teams a little bit. I said this. I said that the Vikings might have had discussions of keeping him around as a depth receiver. And a special teams guy. Because I don't think he was a bad guy. Yeah. Like, I don't think he was a pain in, in the ass, right? No. But I said, the problem is, as long as Kirk's on your team, you can't have Laquan. Yeah. Because Kirk will throw two people. Yeah. When's Do the, you think Brett Favre would have been like, Laquan's open, think I'll throw it to him? Yeah. He would have no. been like, I'm throwing oh. a triple coverage here because there's Adam Thielen. He didn't trust Barry to throw it there at yeah. the moment of truth. Think about this. When's the last time, and they, they've fixed it with Doxon, but when's the last time they kept two quarterbacks and four wide receivers on the on the initial cut, fifty-three. Boy, oh, four. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't ever and the two remember. Quarterbacks that. thing, by the way, is absolutely fine. And Kyle Sloter got himself cut keep two. Yeah, just keep your no. But if, but yeah. if you got a chance to make the roster as the three quarterback for the yeah. third consecutive year, yeah, just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, but at, but receiver wise, no. And part part of this also depends on the fact, or probably goes to the fact that Kubiak's offense likes to use tight ends so much. Yeah, you have. Uh, what to keep four tight ends? I think they and, and, I and a fullback, four tight ends and a fullback. How yep. many teams are doing that? You know, I love the fullback. I know, and he's a good player. He is a good player. Uh, I'm not kidding. I really love the fullback. So no, I think they win. I think they open up. I think the offense looks better. I think the defense is going to be fine. I think they'll be a top five defense again. There's nothing that I've seen nothing that says that they shouldn't be a top five defense again. I mean, do you? I don't um, think any of these guys are ready to hit the clip. Maybe. I don't know because because somewhere I, the only thing I don't like is they continue to run things back a lot, like try mean? and bring guys back. Oh, and oh okay, yeah. Let's yeah. run things back yeah, again. Sure. And, and in football, I think I learned my lesson in 2010. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan. 
I would have liked to seen a little bit more turnover on defense, but Zimmer. So but until Z- but until Zimmer's defense falls off the map a little bit, I'm not going there. Yeah, because I've I've made assumptions that things should start to to happen. And for all of Mike's faults with kickers and special teams, and his faults with offensive coordinators that he shouldn't have hired, sure. and he did, the man can flat out coach defense. Mm-hmm. He's really good at and it. And he develops guys. You wouldn't you wouldn't have brought back. Griffin, right? I would not have brought back Griffin. Yeah, and and I also would have made the, the definitive decision on on Barr, so that if he left the building, I had that money. Yeah, the Patriots would have told Barr, sorry, but the Griffin I, I like one, bringing him back though. But I mean, and, but the Griffin one to me is what I don't. I would not have brought him back. Yeah, with the pay cut, I don't mind. I mean, obviously he wasn't going to come back at his price, right? But um, I, I think I'm fine with Griffin to see Mike, if 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 he's healthy mentally. Sure. Physically, if he can kind of recapture that, and if it's not, it's just a one-year thing. I would have told Mike that the um, the Griffin restructure cash is going into a right guard, and Klein would have had competition. Yeah, and I would have had that Klein makes, on a yeah. cheap contract. Sure, but that but that had to go to me. To me, one of those guys had to go. Their their money had to go to the offensive side, and more particularly the line, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. And that rubs me the wrong way a little bit because I think it's yeah. tempting fate. Um, hold on a second here. I got to check our <laughs> clock because we are we are making hay here. All right, we're thirty two in. Let's quickly do it. Okay. Does Mitch Trubisky completely stink? <laughs> sort of stink, or is he Christian Ponder? <laughs> I think he sort of stinks because, and I've you know it's funny. I've said this from his first year, where he'll make some throws where you're like, oh wow, that's pretty good. But then he also makes some throws where you're like, uh oh, mm-hmm. this this is bad, and you can't win with that. Like he's just, night. it's just, he's so erratic, and well, even like some of his throws last night weren't even the same area code. He had probably three that he got lucky weren't picked off that he underthrew it in the, in the corner, just was right there getting ready to jump it, but couldn't quite he get threw there. Threw the one ball towards the end zone, and the corner never turned around, and it hit the corner's yeah. arm. And it's like, dude, if you just turned around, the arm it hit him in the arm. So all he had to do was turn around, and he would have yeah, the ball. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not a fan. I don't, I just don't think he's that good. But I don't think he's Christian Ponder. But I don't think he's. I just, it, it, there'll be times where he looks good, and they, and he'll, he'll flash, and they'll win games because of him. But he'll lose game. They'll lose games because of him too. I think they did last night. Obviously, he's also in in one of and not the only one, but one of the terrible markets to be in. Oh, when oh. you're a, when you're a quarterback who's a, one, they're starved. They're like we are, yep. or worse probably. They're worse. Mm-hmm. They're, um, two, it's Chicago. They're, so they'll just start booing you arbitrarily. And <laughs> no, but I mean that that type they did of stuff, last night. But you know, don't tell me, oh, he tunes that out. No, you don't. Yeah, you're, you're getting he, booed he off your home field in week one. You're not tuning that yeah, out. Yeah. So I just think that if he played on the West Coast, he might have a chance to suck in. In yep. n- no one would care, and then you can possibly turn a corner. But if you're playing in your home games in Soldier Field, there's going there's instant and plus, you know. They're coming off a good year, yeah. But it ended with the doink doink of Cody Parkey. Mm-hmm. It's there, there's a lot of things there that make that. It, it it's not going to surprise me if they regress. Yeah, oh, I think they will. And I do like their defense. But. I, yeah, I love their defense. And if he doesn't turn around quickly, that place will get toxic. That's in what a I'm hurry, saying. In right. a hurry, and then he's done. Then right. you'll you have to start and, over. And he, I'll say this too: I do not like and have not liked for months now. How Matt Nagy handled the off season. Yeah, I don't like the kicking BS. It's the it's worse than Zimmer. Yeah, 
I don't. So there's a lot of things that I don't like. I don't know that. I think Matt might have gone for his football crisis management <laughs> lessons to his good friend Brad Childress, <laughs> and I don't know that that's wise. Yeah. Well, his offense was weird last night. I mean, he had a, you know some important like he ran Cordell Patterson at a, in an important time. By and, the way, I think I saw Cordell run at least one wrong route last night. Yeah, and so. Um, I yeah, but it, to me, it, it starts with the quarterback. I mean, he just he was so all over the place with his accuracy last night. Yeah, and so you can be creative and you can have skill guys around him, but if the quarterback's going to be that inaccurate, it doesn't matter. And so, you know, I I don't know, you know, where they go or how good they'll be. Like I said earlier, their defense is so good they'll keep them in games. Mm-hmm. And maybe winning games with some, you know, interception returns. But you know whatever. what's going to happen, Chip? That defense is going to turn on that offense. Yes, that defense, <laughs> and we've seen it before. And don't tell me it doesn't happen. It happens. Yeah, you know, we're a team. No, you're not. You're an offense and a defense. And if the defense is carrying its weight weekly yep. and should win, and Mitch Trubisky stinks, that mm-hmm. do you think Cole Max going to have any time for that? They'll they'll be grumbling if it if it doesn't turn around there. Yeah, uh, I got one more question for you okay. off last night's game because we we talk about. Um, game theory a lot now and and the fact that and the fact that these young coaches are blah 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 can you explain to me was it yeah yeah okay late in the game drive starts with 158 left and in this case there was one uh, 153 left second and five green bay has the ball at the 25 why is matt lafleur having aaron Rodgers throw a pass i know yeah well they sometimes they these coaches they uh they out they try to outthink themselves right yeah, but you're but these are supposed to be young, smart, progressive head coaches who aren't out thinking. Mike McCarthy's supposed to do something dumb. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it it'll be interesting to see how long it takes that offense uh, to come together, and if if those two can coincide uh, peacefully, or if Rodgers is gonna kind of want to do his thing. and But whoever decided on second and five, and by the way, then on third and five, they come back and with run, the, with the run yeah. and get two yards and have to punt. Like, yeah. I don't care if they – just don't tell me these yeah. young coaches are also smart and then be bleeping throwing the I ball know. in second I know. five. I know. But in saying that, man, that, that's a heck of a win for them to start off. I, 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 I think a lot of people will pick the Bears on that one for, you know, now you're going home and have extra time to prepare for uh, the Vikings. All right. Go for football. Mm-hmm. And now we're, we're more than a week out from the South Dakota State's uh, scintillating 28-21 victory for the Gophers. Yeah. Uh, but what are your first impressions of the Golden Gophers? Uh, I was wholly unimpressed with uh, the offense, and and so were they internally. They were not happy. Um, well, and the biggest, the biggest. Can we start with the line? That, that's the biggest thing. Okay. The good. biggest, the red flag was. I thought that they would. Here's how I thought it would go. They had the size advantage with the line. They're more physical. I thought it'd be a pretty vanilla offense. Just kind of run the ball a lot. Establish your will. Take the air out of the clock. Just do enough. Just yeah. kind of punish them and wear them down. That yep. didn't. That did not happen at all. And so their line play goes without saying has to be dramatically better, or they're in trouble. So do they have better. to make changes? <sighs> PJ thought it was. He said finishing blocks more, and then what? The one thing South Dakota State did. Um, they did a lot of stunts and twists that, that kind of confused them and used their speed. I mean, they let guys just kind of have free runs right. and pick them up. I think that stuff you can you can fix. I mean, that's just communication. That's film right. work. But guess what? You think they're not going to see a lot of that Friday or Saturday night at Fresno? 
course. Teams see that. They're going to do it. And so, and so are Big Ten teams. But more than anything, they just got to be more physical. And I think it's there because we saw it last year. It's the same group, basically. They lost one offensive line. It's the same same guys. And so, for whatever reason, they just weren't. And so, um, I want to see I, – I watched a lot of college football, football this weekend, and there are a lot of teams that just didn't look right. Because they they don't play preseason. I was gonna say, and it's week one again. And it's week one. That's and why you I don't know. A, that's why I, I want to see more. Yeah, that's why I've got a hard time passing judgment. I I, I was underwhelmed as well, and yeah. it was offensive line. I thought looked shaky. Um, is PJ going to start telling the quarterback just throw <laughs> throw the ball to Bateman? Yeah, I mean seriously, <laughs> just throw it deep. Yeah. Well, they they picked Tyler Johnson. Yeah. In the first half, South Dakota State was going to shut down Tyler Johnson, which is fine. Then you don't try and force him the ball. Sure. Like I think they did on, on the one pick, but. Yeah. If you're going to do that, that catch that Bateman made, I know. he made the five-yard line chip, juggled it into the end zone. That was, well, we that t- was Mawsonian. Yeah, John, we talked about this before in the, uh, our preview. They have two wide receivers that can play at Ohio State. Yes. They, they just do. I mean, they have two that play at they Michigan. Have, they have, yeah, I was going to say, you know, on and Sundays. So, and, yeah. and so, I mean, those two guys are going to play in the NFL. Tyler's going to be in the NFL next year. Bateman, two years from now, is going to be. I mean, he's just that type of talent. You see it. I mean, it's, it's not a stretch. It's not, you know. Embellishing, he's that good. He's that physical. I mean, he's six two, two hundred fifteen pounds, and he runs really fast. I mean, that's you know, and so if if teams are going to do that with Tyler, they're and he's going to have one on one matchups. I think you're going to see him catch a lot of passes early on until teams say, you know what, we can't really do that and try to play it more honest. Um, and so I guess that's what they did. South Dakota just bracketed Tyler Johnson and basically said, go elsewhere. And yeah, they have the guy now. They can I was gonna say then you can go elsewhere. Yeah, well, they didn't. Did he get a target in the second half? I don't think he did. And the I'm sure the third quarter was weird because sure they adjusted at halftime. Yeah, the, the uh, second half was weird and just they didn't have the ball that much. They only ran, I think, fifty six plays the whole game, so it was weird. I mean, part of that because they had to pick six, but right. Um, so I think I want to see the offense this week and see if they just settle down and play better before I, you know, think it's. Uh, I just don't like when your line. Too I don't like when your line doesn't the, look. It was. Better and dominant. Said, they should yeah. look dominant. Right. That's the one thing that concerns me. I get timing and I get yeah. things aren't going to be, but the the play of the line concerns me. All right, Jonathan Harrison, who's producing for us today, is telling us to wrap up. Oh, we boy. can't. We oh, can't boy. wrap up. We can't wrap up, Jonathan. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, because the last, let's see, we've talked Twins, Rosario, <laughs> Philly, was good. Talk Vikings preview. That's so what good. happens when you sing Rocky Top on. <laughs> um, we did uh, Packers. <laughs> Does Mitch Trubisky suck? That was a good conversation. <laughs> we did Gophers recap. Oh, look at the fifth thing in, in my notebook that I have to cross out now. <laughs> the Tennessee Volunteers, Chips Tennessee Volunteers, play Georgia State and lose 38-30. Are you calling for heads after week one? Uh, we, I think we can beat Chattanooga. <laughs> we can beat them. That's where your program is. <laughs> the Mighty Moccasins. You see the shirt I'm wearing today. You're going to K- <laughs> well, your kid's going to KU. I've, inser- I've entered the transfer portal for fans. <laughs> For basketball, too. You're done with college football. <laughs> That's right. That was, and there's people that followed it. Uh, it's nice oh, thank you. Fine Bomb and some of the, the writers in the South who followed Tennessee football longer than me uh, categorized it as the worst loss in program history. Which well, is saying something, because I've seen some bad losses. I was going to say, you've seen. I've seen, but to me, that was. The last few years. I was just alarmed by, like, how unprepared they were. There was no energy, no juice, no. Uh, the offensive line was atrocious. Late in the game, we ran on a defense end who did. We had ten guys on the field. They're down at like the twenty-five. Oh we run a guy in late. 
with like five seconds left in the in the play clock, he gets his hand down. They run the ball right at him. He goes basically untouched into the end zone for a touchdown. It's like we're just disorganized. So I'm not ready to call for his head yet, but it better be a lot better against Pruitt, BYU. Right? Yeah, Jeremy. Pruitt. Yeah, it, it better be a lot better against. BYU and going forward because that was and the, the scary thing, Judd. I don't know if you watched it. No, I've just read about it. There were pockets, big pockets of empty seats in that stadium. They announced eighty-five, which it probably wasn't. When I was in school there and growing up, I mean, one hundred and five, and you were camping out for tickets. One hundred and five, you everybody that thing was full. Mm-hmm. If you're getting down into eighties and seventies, that ain't good. PJ Fleck. Might be popular after this year. You never know. I'm never singing Rocky Top on this again. <laughs> I jinxed it. It was you? So you're taking responsibility. I jinxed You're it. taking responsibility for the Georgia State line. The worst. Paul Feinbaum calling it the worst. I was, I was looking ahead to BYU. I got to be honest with you. I was looking ahead to BYU. You were looking ahead. How could you look yeah. ahead? You know better. 26-point favorites. And you just get pounded. And the coach, the, the Georgia State coach was right. He's like, we knew we could take it to him. Uh, along their line, we just knew we we had the edge there. It's like, Ooh. how about that? Ooh. So yeah, it was not a. And then and then my alma mater, Missouri, they lose too at Wyoming. Which is Missouri good in football these days? Though they shouldn't lose at Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> That's Royce's buddy's team, right? I know. Tracy yeah. Ringlesby's team. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was an zero for two at the Scoggins house. <laughs> All right, we'll try again. Hopefully, you have more success. <laughs> We're on to BYU. With your teams. We're on to next BYU. Week. Go KU. Conduits <laughs> of trouble. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.